0: Hey, I'm Poprunkle, and for as long as I can remember, I've loved pop culture. Despite the challenges I've faced in my life, pop culture has always been there for me. I love talking to people and being a platform for others to share their thoughts stories. Because if there's one thing I never get tired of, it's being driven talented, and inspiring individuals follow their dreams, no matter what obstacles are in their way. And I know a thing or two about that. Welcome to the DJ Bob Show. I'm DJ Bob. Roll it.
1: The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present.
0: And now, here's your host, DJ Bob. Let's see how meta this sentence can be. I talked to someone from the PBS series Zoom on Zoom, the app. Yeah, we went there. Today I am joined by Eric Rawlings. You might recognize him from the hit PBS series Zoom, and we talk with him about his time on the show, current projects, diversity and inclusion, and a whole lot more. I got a lot out of this conversation, and I hope you do too. Let's zoom into action. For those that don't know you, would you mind introducing yourself and giving a little bit of an elevator pitch? of who you are and what you've done past and present.
1: Sure, Uh, my name is Eric Rollins. Uh, Most people know me from the third season of Zoom on PBS and WGBH. Um, I'm an actor, I'm a fight choreographer, um, starting to dabble a little in writing and just a, a human being. Um, since zoom, I've done a handful of things on TV, on stage commercials. I I try to always stay as busy as I
0: can. And I'm so glad that you're here and we're going to have this conversation today. Yeah, it's going to be great. So what is something that you wish people knew about you? Oh, something that I wish people knew about me.
1: Oh. That's a good question. He got me early in the morning. Well, ten o'clock is not that early. Um, it's a good question. I wish they knew how much I wanted to be a better like artist. I'm not I can't draw really well, but I wish that I was better at
0: it. Well, there's always time to learn and there's always time to dabble and you know play around and kind of perfect that.
1: That is true. That is true. I got a, um, over quarantine, we got into this whole arts and crafts subscription service. And one of the things that I have yet to crack open is an oil paint kit. So I'm very, very curious to see how that goes once I open that up.
0: Well, you know, maybe you should go back to your, your Hume Rook and start making <laughs> things out of everyday objects.
1: That is true. That is true. I got, I got enough already objects around here. I should. I should definitely get into that.
0: Is it difficult being a Zoom kid in the sense, like, I kind of want to be known for something else, or do you just embrace it now?
1: No, I. I think it's great. Um, when I was right, when I had done the show, I was really, really nervous because um, I was 13 at the time. So, you know, it's going through puberty, everything's changed, and everything feels weird. So to add on top of that, walking around and people knowing who you are was really uncomfortable. So when I was a teenager, for a, there's a few years uh, that I would deny it. So like people are like, Oh, you're the kid from zoom. And I was like, No, no, I'm not. I just look like him. Um, But after I think after college, it got to a point where I was like, Oh, like, we, I had people who would come up to me and or would message me on social media and say, hey, you know, I love what you did. Like, you guys talked so much, and I learned a lot from you guys, or you guys were you're my best friends after school. I used to watch you all the time. And I kind of became to realize, I began to realize that the full impact of what this show did for people. Um, so now I love it with people. Every once in a while, someone in the street will be like, wait, do I know you? And when we finally get to, like, oh, my God, I used to watch you when I was a kid. Um I love it, I, I, it makes me feel really good to know that I had a really good, really positive impact on
0: people's lives and that we all did. I talk about this pretty much every podcast, but it's truer with you being here because when I was a kid growing up with cerebral palsy and in a wheelchair, I couldn't really play outside that much or do anything super physical, so TV, the radio and music and all these multimedia things were my quote unquote friends. And one of the first things I would do after school is watch Zoom and be one with you guys and, you know, watch you guys. And it's so cool to just have a one on one conversation with you now and tell you that.
1: Thank you. That oh man. Making me have all kinds of feelings and stuff. That's awesome. Like that that really truly warms my heart. Um I love that we could be there for you. I love that. I love that. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for for making it possible, you know?
0: And watching all this stuff informed my way of like, okay, pop culture and all this stuff means more to me than the average person. So I have to foster that interest and foster that love. And that's why I started having these conversations with people 13 years ago to kind of just let people know who I am as a person and why these things shaped me. I don't do these, this podcast to just talk to people that I grew up with. I do it to let people in on the things that impact me now or the things that impacted me in the past. And you guys are a big part of that.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. It's incredibly sweet. Um, we've, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to know that something that for me was, a summer like a spring and a summer of meeting some new friends and then getting just to like hang out and kind of just play around and do some cool stuff over the summer excuse me had such a huge impact I know that like I said every once in a while I'll get like a message I guess like a DM or something like that and I remember probably about 10 years or so ago I got one from somebody who kind of like a similar thing where Basically, they didn't have the best childhood, didn't have a ton of friends, but every day after school, we were there for it for them and kind of because of that helped them get out of their shell a little bit more, go out and about and, you know, and kind of have a better time and, and have a different perspective on the world. And I thought that was, it was just incredibly moving to get to be able to, to see that impact, I don't think a lot of people necessarily get to see their impact on the world.
0: And I can honestly say that you and I, just by this conversation, you and I are friends now. It's past the on-screen relationship that you guys had with us. Yeah, absolutely. Just coordinating this and setting this up, so I appreciate this. So, Normally, I would like to ask, what was your familiarity with Zoom prior to you being on it? Because it was already a well-oiled machine, plus it was a revival. So what did you know?
1: I knew absolutely nothing about it. My, So at the time that I auditioned, because I actually auditioned uh, twice for it, the first time I auditioned for it, I was doing a summer theater camp um, and it was being, the camp was held at my old elementary school and we had a new principal or a new vice principal that was happened to be in the building during like, and that came into the summer camp just to look. It was a theater camp, saw the show, saw the rehearsals and reached out to my mother and was like, Hey, I saw this ad in the paper um, for auditions for the show. You need to do it. My mom remembered the show. I had no idea, but I was like, "Uh, sure, I'll go and do whatever. So a lot of the additions were the same stuff that you saw on the show. You know, we would have conversations. We might, you know, try to do like a little, like a game or something. And, you know, the producers just wanted to see how we all hung out together and how we all got along. And the first season, I didn't get it. Uh, I went out for season two. And then the next year, my mom saw another ad for season three. I was like, do you want to try it again? But yeah, I went in at knowing pretty much nothing. My mom had told me a little bit about what the show was. But, you know, this is before, you know, YouTube and, and you know, having everything at your fingertips. So I was going off what she was telling me. And in my head, I was like, "I this makes no sense to me. But sure, this sounds like fun. Um, yeah, so when I went in, it was great. We what's cool about the show is once you get cast, in the spring leading up to the summer because we shoot in the summer but during the spring every weekend we would get together at WGBH and we would have basically training sessions we'd learn about how to work on TV you learn how you know the different kind of segments that we're going to do the ways that we want to kind of shape that so if we're doing a science experiment we want to make sure that we're talking about the things that we're seeing the things that we're feeling the things that we're thinking um, so it makes it kind of pop and makes you guys at home feel really connected when you're watching us later. So it was really cool. It was a really cool learning experience. And I'm I'm actually kind of glad I went in not knowing. Um, Yeah, it just, it it made it, made it so much new, a little newer.
0: If you were this crazy fanboy, it probably would have been a little different.
1: (laughs) I think it would have been a little bit different. And I think you and I would be talking to each other right now. I I don't think I would have gotten the job.
0: (laughs) Something that I really loved about the show is the realness of it. Like everything was planned out. There were segments, but it was such a familial vibe. And it, it seemed like that on screen. So when people tell me that, or when I see interviews with you guys, it's so refreshing to know that that was the case. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think that that's probably the biggest driving or was the biggest driving force for that show. is that when you're watching it, you're watching your friends and that the people that you're watching are having a good time together. They spent, like I said, they spent a lot of time just making sure that we got to hang out with each other and interact with each other and learn with each other before we even started filming the show. Just so that what, by the time, you know, we got on set, the cameras were rolling. We had, we already had a rapport with each other. And for as much as it was kind of planned out, there wasn't a whole ton of stuff that was scripted. So when you like watch a segment for the most part, uh, unless it was like a, a play that we were like it was, it was someone's play that we were doing or reading a joke, the only thing that was the only things that were for the most part scripted were the introductions of, you know, hey, um Sarah H from Boston Massachusetts sent us this in and I can't wait to see what it is. Like those are the only things that were for the most part scripted and then once we And and the, fa- and the it, like and the,
0: it, the, yeah. the the fanny Dooly stuff
1: and the fanny dooley stuff was scripted, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. Um yeah, but those and
0: those were a blast too. Time yeah. to learn all those. <laughs> so this is one of my pet peeves, so I'm gonna word it a little differently here. Uh oh. It's all right. It's interesting. When I watch, you know, or I, I think about Zoom and this is because I know the technicalities of it. When people ask you what your favorite episode is, cause the truth of the matter is you didn't know what was going into what episode.
1: Oh, absolutely not. Correct.
0: You guys just shot a bunch of stuff. So what is your favorite segment? Is there uh, one that sticks out that we see fun or cool or memorable to you
1: you know there's so many um i loved when we did like the zoom games were great anytime we did the zoom games uh, i've said this before uh kenny is a good friend of mine and when we were on the show he and i were always very competitive so if you ever like watch the old episodes or watch segments you'll notice Kenny and I are never on the same team. We're usually competing directly against each other. And you can usually catch it in the in the edits. Um, us, like, throwing, like, eyes to each other. Because we know we're trying to, like, one-up each other as we're going through, all in good fun. Like, he's he's my brother. I love him. Um, but that was probably one of, the, one of my favorite things. Um, but I think in terms of, like, a, an actual doing segment, the science stuff was awesome. I've always had, like, a little passion science, although I never felt good enough to pursue a career in it. So getting to do the Rube Goldberg machine throughout the course of the summer with me, Kenny, and Kaylee, that was I love that. So much fun. Yeah. We got we got to make a huge Rube Goldberg machine for fun and do it on TV. Like you can't you can't get
0: any cooler than that. You really can't so I talk about Zoom being a formative show for so many people. But what were some of your shows that you loved? Oh, like when I was growing up. Yeah. Um,
1: as I say, as I look at an orange uh, soda can, uh, I loved all that. I loved Kenan and Kel. Uh, so, like the old school Nickelodeon, like uh, sick. Yep. That stuff was great. Um, I grew up with Mister. Ro- excuse me, Mister Rogers, Barney. Those were, you know, Sesame Street. That's kind of where I grew up. That's the stuff.
0: Were you a Magic
1: School Bus kid too? Oh my god, I forgot about Magic School Bus. Magic School Bus was awesome. That was it. Was that was one of the coolest shows? Oh, man, I would have given anything to have gotten on Miss Frizzle's bus and like, yeah, down and like, gone into the bloodstream, fighting off disease and stuff. That was <laughs> that was the coolest episode. Yeah.
0: Little side note. I spoke with the head writer of all of that and Keenan and Kel not too long ago. And but for Christmas, they sent over a little care package. And in the Christmas episode of Keenan and Kel, Kel has orange soda Christmas tree ornaments.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have That's one. Great. That's amazing.
0: I have one. <laughs>
1: That is really cool. And Holy I have crap. a bunch of them. Yeah,
0: so it's like, you know, all this stuff informed me so that I can, so the fact that I can talk to you all makes just super rewarding and super cool.
1: Yeah, I actually, I met Helmet, like when I, so I live in LA right now. I've been in LA for a little over 10 years now. Um, And when I got out here, some friends and I went and saw a... We went to like a, there's a screening of Good Burger at a kind at of local theater. The so best we went, film
0: of all time.
1: It was a, fin- it was a absolutely criterion collection material. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, And Kel was there, you know, like doing like a talk back. And so after I was ever got to talk to him. <laughs> so I'm literally sitting on my desk right now is an orange soda can that I had Kel sign like 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, he was one of my first ever interviews. Oh, that's awesome. He's such a nice guy. Yes. So we're having this organic conversation and I want to know, do you have any questions for me about what I do and what, you know, about me just to turn the tables a little bit?
1: I mean, so many, I think that's like, what got you, what was the impetus for you to start the podcast you know because i i have i've had i have friends and family who are kind of limited in in different ways um and they're you know just some of the best people i know you know just absolutely always positive but like what inspired you to take kind of your experience and then let me bring this out and let me like bring other people in with this
0: i talk about how i started this show so much so i'm gonna frame it a little differently but one of the things that i want to do with this show and what i try to do now is just create content that i would enjoy listening to on the other end interesting okay
1: was there something that inspired you to do that though was there something was there a, a lack of content that you were like? Was, were you searching for this that you couldn't find, and you were like, you know what? Forget, it, I'm gonna do it myself. Or well, whenever,
0: whenever you hear a podcast with someone with a disability, mm-hmm. it's generally always about the disability. People with disability are nerds. People with disability are cool. <laughs> people are the, yeah. People with disability have interests. So mm-hmm. like. This podcast really started too. You know, I I'd been working on internet radio for years, playing music and being a DJ, and then I got fired. <laughs> and, oh, no. I, and I needed a vehicle, so I just started my own thing straight up.
1: Dude, that's awesome, man. I feel like I feel like a lot of like the best things that a person will do in their life is Comes when something that they didn't want happen, to happen, happen, They get fired. They have to get evicted. They have to move somewhere else and like just shake up all the stabilities so that you have to really kind of refocus on you.
0: Mind you, I was about to start my freshman year of high school at this point.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So I was doing this stuff when no one thought of it at the age that I was doing it. That's amazing. Testosterone and all, like
1: <laughs> that's amazing, man.
0: I listen to my old recording and I like, cringe because you like, "Who thought this was okay to listen to it?" <laughs> you know? So I totally get how you must feel when somebody shows you an old clip and you're like, "Oh God, this. <laughs> or,
1: Like, oh, that's what I—that's what I sounded like. Oh, wait, I did that. Oh, okay, great, great. We can watch it forever. <laughs> Love that. Let's just keep that going. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, so I just create what I want to hear. And then that's amazing. Other people do too.
1: Man, that's really, really cool. And that's inspiring. I feel like there's such a, you know, I think that, you know, because you just started it so long ago and you've been able to really kind of build and shape your voice. I think right now, this is a huge time for folks, especially, coming out of lockdown, all that stuff, where people have the time to really kind of figure out what do I want to do? What do I want to make? What do I want to bring in? And there are the platforms to do that in, to do that with. Yeah. Dude, you're a trailblazer, man. Thank you, man. And I
0: I really appreciate this conversation and, you know, that we can be real and that we can be open. This is not an interview you and i are having a conversation that just happens to be recorded on a microphone that's mm-hmm. all the is
1: yeah man that's that's kind of the cool thing about the way podcasts go compared to you know interviews because you and you, know, you see it if you look now you see celebrities and stuff. you, you when you're on the talk show you get the five minute thing Hit your show here's a little story let's move on which is always fun but you no, know, podcasts are really cool. You get to get really deep to people and get to learn a little little peek behind the curtain, which is nice.
0: And it's interesting because now I'm on the other side of it where I do work with companies and I do have those five-minute press things. But it's like, how do I put a little bit of myself in those, mm-hmm. that short time? And sure. people are always like, how do you do that without sounding robotic or without sounding like every other thing? like, just have a talk with them. Yeah. Just have a conversation with them. Because you've been doing it before her. people were doing it, man. Yeah, but it's always been, you know, I'm still insecure about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. In the sense of like my vocal ticks and all these disability related issues. But when I'm talking to you, I really laser focus on what I'm talking about. I mean, as far as zoom goes, it's been something that I wish there was more of it available and I wish you could see more of it. Yeah. I think it could always be rebooted cause there's no p- plot to it. There's no, it's just kick being kick.
1: Sure. I think that there's a lot of, um, I know that, you know, a couple of years ago there, there was more of a talk, especially when everyone was kind of stuck at home about bringing it back. Um, I know I'd had a couple of conversations with some people about some stuff, but, um, I think what's different now, which I think is also really, really good is like I was saying about having, there's so much access now. right? get TikTok, get Twitter, Instagram, all this stuff. And there's, you know, there's a lot of terrible stuff out there, but there's also a, a lot of people that are out there that are kind of doing similar th- things, right? Showing, you know, there's TikToks so of like, here's like these cool, ha- like cool little life hacks or cool little tricks or did you know this, that kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of really cool educational stuff out there. I do agree that it would be nice to see something a little more centralized or like a bigger presence of something, but I I I think, you know, like people like you, people that are out there doing, like these kind of educational TikToks and whatnot. I think that there is there's there's definitely the need for content because people are creating it, and I think it's sometimes just hard to find in the uh, the snowstorm that is social media.
0: The one argument that I will make, and that's no fault to you or the producers, it just wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't a th- <laughs> it wasn't a thought in people's minds and it's this. Mm-hmm. Where was disability inclusion within you?
1: I am not a producer on that. I'm
0: gonna step all the way back.
1: No. Um I hear what you're saying. And I don't know. You know, I mean you know I, I like, can only I can only speak from myself as an actor. But I you know show, I, but-
0: I also know that there would be so much love for whoever was Cash, and like it was so adaptable already. That oh, 100%. 100%. Have, so, so that's more or less what I'm saying is like to see that as a kid would have been just when you see yourself represented on TV, it oh, of is course. like this, this out of body experience where you're like, I'm finally seeing someone like me. Yes. I could do that. That could be me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, 100%. Um, Like I said, I can't speak to, like, producers decisions or any of that. What I can tell... I'm
0: saying saying if it were you, like like, I feel like that would have been a big step forward.
1: Oh, sure. What I will say is that I feel like... I feel like the producers and the production team did create a really inclusive environment period. And that from when they were doing the casting and they were putting, when they put together the cast groups, there are a lot of rounds of auditions. So I think when I, by the time I booked it, we probably went through seven or eight rounds of auditions where it didn't matter who the kids were they're just trying to find the group of kids that work the best together regardless of anything you know what they look like what they sound like any of that stuff doesn't matter who they want to find that group of kids do i think that there's always room for improvement there's always room to learn and grow moving forward absolutely yeah i think that if the show if it if it wasn't only for the 7 years that they did it would there have been seasons later on that included more diversity in terms of like disability or anything like that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that like that production team is probably like I said they they spent so much time working on kind of building a family for us before we it even come went right. onto the set. Yeah, like yeah, I one hundred percent think that if there were more years, that would have been on the cards. Um,
0: I'm not complaining about it. I'm just sure. saying, like, I wish. You know, no, I, I totally understand. I think that would have been extremely cool as well. I wonder how different the games would be, or how they would implement the person's wheelchair, the person, you know, like walker or anything, mm-hmm. into have a zoom segment or like a play. Or oh, you sure. could do so much with that. Absolutely, man! Absolutely. So, on that note, mm-hmm. what does diversity and inclusion mean to you? It's a good question. I feel...
1: I don't know. It kind of is just like how I live my life, right? I feel like diversity and inclusion is... To some people, I feel like it's a scary thing. But I think when you boil it down... It just means don't be a jerk.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean. Don't be a jerk.
1: Like that's kind of that's kind of like the simple, like the most, the easiest way to reduce it. If there's somebody who wants to do something, and they're not being a jerk, and they're cool, and it doesn't hurt you, then like why not? You know what I mean. If somebody needs a little extra help to do something. And it doesn't hurt anybody else and it, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't hurt your life in any way to like make something easier for somebody else. Just do it. There's no reason. There's no reason to be afraid of it. There's no reason for any of that. I think that people get caught up in fear of the unknown. You know, I feel like they they get afraid of, well, I'm not like that. Is that gonna affect how people see me? Is this how is this gonna affect if I talk to somebody who's disabled or if I if I stand up for somebody who's who who has some extra challenges, am I gonna be am I gonna lose whatever prestige I already have? And it's like, dude, like piss off with that. Like if you can help somebody and it doesn't hurt you, just do it. Just do it. What does it cost you in the end? At the end of the day, you might make a friend. You might be out like a little bit of time, but you did something good for somebody and then that'll
0: come back to you later on in life. And I'll be honest, I never used to talk about my disability on the podcast. I used to hide it Mm -hmm. for years. Sure. And then once I started talking about it, I got better conversations out of it because it created a connection between me and the guests. Mm -hmm. And have a conversation that they probably would never have before or since our conversation. Sure.
1: Sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there's always a fear of. I feel like if you are not able to talk to somebody as an equal, right? If they have cerebral palsy, so you feel like you have to talk to them in a certain way, or if they. Have like a a learning disability or hearing disability, and you have to treat them and you feel or you see them not as somebody as fully human as you are, and you treat them less than every interaction is going to be filled with tension. Every interaction is going to be filled with this like tenuous, like, do I, is this too much? Is this enough? Like, oh my God, I don't want to, like, how do I appear? How do they appear? Blah, blah, blah. But if you just drop all that pretense and realize you're a human, I'm a human some of us can do different things than others, some of us can do things better, some of us can do things worse, but we all have something to contribute, then it just makes it a much better life. Yeah, especially,
0: especially like when you have a disability, or you tend to get this real condescending, high-pitched baby <laughs> voice, and I'm just like, hi, how are you? <laughs> no and they talk really
1: slow too Yeah, i just want to make sure that you can understand what i'm saying it's like dude i can't move my arms i still have ears you know what i mean
0: my favorite thing ever is like there are times when i will do an interview and they will say oh hi how are you and i'll be like you don't have to talk to me like that. That's only that was very That was in the very beginning, no recent one. So, if anybody sure. is, a, is a past guest, it's not you. <laughs> there you go. But you know, you learn and you grow and you deal with things, but some things you just don't deal with. I don't take any of that condescending crap.
1: Mm hmm. There you go. I don't do it. I remember when I was young, like I had people that used to say, so I, I grew up on just outside of Boston, um, predominantly white area. Uh, it was like, you know, there's like five black kids in my school. And I remember is at one point I had somebody, I, I didn't, this has happened over the years, but you know, you have a parent who was like, Oh, you're so well-spoken. I'm like,
0: Oh, for
1: what? Like for a for a negro for a black person? Because like I'm smarter than your kid. Just so we're clear, <laughs> like why is this a surprise to you? And I just remember hearing that you know, and you'd hear that, and you'd be like, you kind of take the you like you know as a kid, you're like, oh okay, cool, wow, thanks, oh my god. And then you walk away and you're like, oh, you didn't think that I was. You know, like when people like talk like we'll talk slow to you, and you're like, yeah, no, I can hear you. Like I understand you. Yeah. Like what what was your preconceived notion about me? What what thoughts did you have about my shortcomings or you what know I what? lack that you don't you can't talk to me as a person?
0: You know what? They think of a wheelchair as not of an object, but as a kind of intelligence or a kind of intellect. Mm. Interesting, interesting. It, it's just an object. And the the thing that I always say is it sounds really corny, but it's so true and it's one size doesn't fit all. Mm-hmm. Just because it works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for every single person you meet. Of course. We're all different. It's the coolest thing about being a human. So, we've been having this deep conversation, but I also ask the real hard-hitting questions and <laughs> i gotta ask you this so when you audition for your the show you're playing mm-hmm. all these games and you're doing all these plays like any anything that a kid would do right
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now you learn this thing called a dubby. yep were you like confused like what like <laughs> when a bw first brought to you, um, what are you thinking?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that I was necessarily confused, right? Like, because my mom had told me a little bit about it, she'd watched it when she was a kid, so I was definitely like, Wait, what is this? But then once like we kind of were able to like write it out and, and see it, it was like, Oh, okay. So it became kind of a mind shift. At the same time that I was doing that, um my mom had gone back to to school anyway. So I was I had been learning Spanish from her uh college textbooks. And so at the same time I was already learning another language, so trying to pick up ABW was not necessarily it wasn't slow, but it wasn't fast. I, I you know, it was it's relatively easy to pick it up once you understood it. But getting the understanding of it was that became a little tricky at first.
0: Well, I bet you get asked to speak it more often than not. So what what is up your... Of course.
1: w w swabby bubby, w- w- w-
0: w- Yes, like that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so like, Zoom is always following you around in this way. And it's like, you were a part of an institution almost wow that is high praise thank you because people know the 70s but Mm the 90s has its own little subdivision of pop culture where people just you know it was cooler it was tipper it was just just (laughs) like different and it brought us all together and I love the 70s one now, but I was never one of those people that's like, no, this is my hume.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there are people th- like. Of course. But I, I think that you'll s- put it this way. I think that if, let's say, in another 10, 15, 20 years, they reboot Zoom again, you know, for the kids, for kids who are born in the next few years or whatever. The people who grew up with my zoom are going to say the same thing about the next one i think there's there's a thing about nostalgia and like when you're growing up the things that were foundational to you the things that helped form you and that that you kind of hold on to from your past once you see something that is similar but different moving forward it always feels like a like a little bit like me- maybe they're trying to take away from what I, from what I experienced as a kid and they're not, you know, it's, we're just, we're trying to do something different. We're evolving. We're learning. And I think there's always that kind of like tightness in your chest of like, no, no, but that's, that's not what I grew up with. That's not what I had. And like, yeah, no, we know what you have is really cool. We're doing something different now. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's always a, the thing we have to kind of step back and realize is that There were so many cool things that came before whatever this current iteration is
0: it had to start
1: somewhere exactly and then it's going to keep evolving and it's going to keep getting different so wherever you came in on its evolution is going to be incredibly important to you
0: but it's not the be all and all so you were a pbs kid and a gbh employee basically so (laughs) technically yeah so what was your favorite show on the lineup that you were on? Like I hate saying this now only because
1: we went up against each other all the time, but I really enjoyed Arthur.
0: Oh, I love Arthur <laughs>
1: so much. It's a great show. It's a great, absolutely great show. Um, and just Actually, one the... of the, I know, I know one of my, a friend of mine who was, a who I met as a she was a we were both PAs on the show Fetch. She was actually became one of the producers for Arthur in its last few few uh seasons. But yeah you know, that show is absolutely fantastic. Like talk about inclusion. I mean my god, they every you know, everybody was there and it was great.
0: Did you happen to see the last episode?
1: I did not. You I, need I have to. not been keeping up. You need to. I need to? Okay. Okay. Tell me, tell me, tell me what's in there. What, what am I? What am I gonna see? So
0: what you're gonna see is you're gonna see Arthur and his friends all grown up. What? And okay. You, and do you realize? You know what? <laughs> it's been out for a year. I'll tell you what happens. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler
1: alert! All right, here we go.
0: So basically, the setup for the episode is. There's, like, this fortune-telling game that the kids play. And somehow there's a, there's a malfunction. And then you see them all grown up. So, like, DW is now, like, a cop. And, oh, wow. And, like, you know, everybody has their own businesses. And then it turns out that Arthur is writing... The whole setup for Arthur
1: is him writing... Oh, like he's writing down the show?
0: He, he's writing a graphic novel, and the first chapter is the first episode. Oh, that's
1: cool. That's really cool. Full circle.
0: So, like, you can watch it from the beginning, and it'll make sense.
1: That's really cool. That and is most, really cool.
0: And most kids' shows don't get that. <laughs> They yeah. don't get that sequential thing. Yeah, but Arthur was very special because it was always on before you or after you. Yep. Yep. And, yep. Uh, now correct me if I'm wrong. Was your season the the nine eleven season?
1: My season was the nine eleven season. So we had we my season season three aired in 2001 so we aired January 2001 and then season 4 was filming the summer of 20 of 2001 when 911 happened they their season was in was going into post production so our my season was the last one that people had seen so we all came back uh, a year later to do the special we did I think we did two specials
0: um and had some conversations Everybody has their own story even me being me being a six-year-old when I when it happened, but like My school nurse's husband passed away in the towers so so sure and I'm In New York, so I'm right in all the middle of it. So even like oh my god, everybody has where they were Mm
1: mm-hmm
0: and the fact that you guys did exactly that, had conversations, and just let us feel however we wanted to feel at that moment, it was so vital.
1: Oh, I one hundred percent agree. I mean, I I can't speak for the other you know for my other castmates, but I I know that it definitely coming back and talking about it, and and doing the specials were huge for me to kind of again you kind of see like the impact a little bit of what the show is but it also kind of helped me to process because I it was so overwhelming to me like I had no idea you know and being able to to talk to friends about it and also having had those moments of like I don't know what to do I don't know what to feel you know your parents are doing their own things and they're having their emotions and they're not always able to talk to you in the same way so being able to see somebody your own age having that conversation is absolutely important it makes you you feel heard you feel like you're not alone um and that was it was great and then we you know we, we did a couple of things where each of us were doing different things to try to help out whether it was like raising money or don't going doing blood drives or making murals so just getting to see there's so you know, there's no right way to mourn. There's no right way or wrong way to feel whatever it is that you need to do for you, like do it. And that's right.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel the same, it's like when I was at the age I was I didn't know how to feel because you were right in my backyard and I didn't know how to, you know, cope. Sure. But then oh my goodness. You he the kids a little older than you Mm -hmm. you know feeling alongside you yeah yeah and you know I feel like people need to just have conversations and that in between all the fun stuff and the games and the upby dubby there was this this You gave us space, and there was a space for you to express your feelings. And that is one of the things that makes Zoom so important to me.
1: I could not agree with you more. I could not agree more. That's so, so beautifully said. I feel like there's so many times where as a kid, you're told what to do. You're You're told what to think you're told what to feel all that stuff. And yes, 100% zoom definitely gives that space to listen and to be seen and to hear and to be heard. I think that, you know, you know, when people come, when people talk to me about it, they don't talk about, they don't always talk about like, Oh, I loved this game. You did. I loved, I saw you make ants on a log and that was so cool. And that was the thing I remember. It's like they remember the feeling that they had. They remember, you know, maybe a specific Zoom chat. They remember the way we just, like, we talked about, you know, nine eleven. 11 And I think that that is incredibly important for kids to realize that you can talk about stuff. You can talk about stuff with anybody. And once you, the more that you talk about things, the easier and the bigger the world becomes, and it becomes
0: a much less scary place. And it sounds like a joke, and it can't kind of funny and it's so empowering too. When you hear something like, if you like what you see, turn off your TV and do it. Mm -hmm. It's telling you to do something about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's all about empowerment.
0: And like, let's talk, we want to hear from you. Like, there was so much interaction there and this was the pre-social media age, so yep there was this it was it was you and the viewer you guys were never on a pedestal
1: that's great that's awesome man and yeah yeah
0: i just wanted to like just express that to you because it's probably something that you don't hear a lot from that perspective no thank you that means a lot So so what are you up to currently? What's going on?
1: Well, just sitting in my office. Going to get a mug of tea. Um, Now, I've got... uh, I'm working on a few things. I've I've got a couple of uh, short films right now that are in post-production that should be hopefully coming out in the next six to eight months, which is great. Um, Going to festivals with those, which will be really cool. I've seen a couple of... uh, I've seen some cuts, and they look absolutely awesome um i you know i'm still acting so i've got a few commercials that are out and about you've probably seen my face with a bit longer hair now and then uh, and we'll still working on on the next few things so we'll see what we'll see what comes down the pipe
0: and where can people find you on social media and other places
1: sure uh social media um i am on instagram at the eric rollins So T-H-E-E-R-I-C-R-O-L-L-I-N-S. Same thing for Twitter. Uh, I think I got a fan page on Facebook that I I kind of pop into every once in a while. And I have a TikTok, but I don't use it. So you can see me there, but you won't see me there.
0: (laughs) Well, I hope that this conversation taught you some stuff because this has been such a joy to just have you here and to chat with you. Oh, thank you, man. This has been great. This is awesome. And I know that this is not your last time in this podcast. You're coming back, and we're going to talk some more whenever you have something to promote.
1: All right. That sounds great, man. I will be there. The
0: DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present.